1: Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, good morning, good morning. The polls, the polls, the Lucid Talk poll and other polls are being carried out. The only poll that really matters, needless to say, is the one that will be held on Thursday, Thursday. But how does it read this morning at eight minutes past nine? Let's speak to John Tong. Uh, John, good morning. Good morning. Uh, John, did you cast an eye over last night's debate on UTV? I did. I may have been
2: in a category of one uh, over in England, but uh, yes, uh, I watched it. I, I actually thought it was a, a decent debate. I thought it was actually far better than the, uh, the debates we've had on uh, on this side of the water. Uh, at least there was a, a reasonable formula. Uh, I thought all the candidates actually performed quite well uh, in, in different ways. Um, and, you know, there was perhaps more light than heat, whereas there's been more heat than light in terms of the uh, the debates on this side of the water. You know, if you cast your mind back to Friday's debate between... Um, Johnson and Corbyn, and there was very little that came out of that. Whereas last night, I think what we can take out of it was a, a keenness amongst all the candidates to get the assembly back on at least. Whilst there were the inevitable disagreements uh, on Brexit with uh, the DUPs, Emma Little Pengelly, and I think it was interesting that, that Arlene Foster uh, wasn't present. Uh, I'd be interested to, to, to hear from the DUP as to why. Um, and obviously, you know, dealing with the um, the health crisis, the most difficult bit for Michelle O'Neill from Sinn Féin was was explaining why there was only a line on uh, the NHS or the, uh, the health service within Sinn Féin's manifesto. Otherwise, she performed uh, pretty well.
1: She did say this is the Brexit election. This is a Brexit election. That, that was her excuse for not having anything about health in it. Is it OK to, to say this is a, a, a Brexit election? It's fine to say it's a Brexit election,
2: whether it's a Brexit election to the exclusion of all else uh, is a moot point and and there could have been more in in Sinn Féin's manifesto on this. Although obviously, you know, in terms of taking local control of health, you need an assembly back. So ultimately it's what the parties say about how they will restore the assembly that really matters. In, on that, in that respect, there's a great deal of consensus across the parties. All the parties want reform of the petitions of concern. There is some disagreement between them over whether we should just get rid of the communal designations full stop so that MLAs wouldn't have to designate as unionist, nationalist or other. Um, um, the DUP and the Alliance, to some extent, talk about, about getting rid of those designations. Um, but you know, I thought it was mainly constructive last night. Uh, in, in a lot of ways. In terms of assembly reform, there was an acceptance over that. What there wasn't, of course, was consensus over whether an Irish Language Act should be introduced. So that still has to be worked around, because ultimately, to deal with the NHS crisis, you know, the only way to deal with that and take local control o- over it is to get the assembly restored. And of course, we go immediately after the election into a talks process on, you know, on, on the Monday after. At least the mood music wasn't too bad in, in that respect. And... Um, I think uh, uh, this is the optimistic stage, though. You know, the Sunday before an election, all the parties can be reasonably hopeful uh, of their position. Uh, How they'll feel on Friday morning, of course, is is another matter.
1: Is there a possibility that Emma Little-Pengelly was there last night because going by that Lucid Talk poll, the latest one, uh, she seems like the DUP MP who's under the most pressure? Yeah, I mean, it's looking very, very difficult mathematically for Emma Little-Pengelly. I wouldn't completely write her off.
2: Um, The DUP actually does better in South Belfast uh, historically than a lot of people have given the party credit for. The DUP's vote, they've had a lot of good second places before she won the seat in 2017. So the DUP vote is actually more resilient than people think. People tend to think South Belfast is not DUP country, it's you know leafy middle class uh, territory. But that said, with Sinn Féin standing aside, uh, 8,000 votes, some might go to alliance, um, but the bulk are likely uh, to go uh, to the SDLP, obviously some won't trans, uh, won't go across uh, at all. Some Sinn Féin voters might stay at home, but the bulk would go to the SDLP. The SDLP start strong, very strong favourites in in that constituency. It's difficult to see um, uh, an alternative scenario in, in that respect. So yeah, of all the seats the DUP are defending, and the, the several are vulnerable, and we know North Belfast is very vulnerable. South Belfast looks the one that looks the most uphill struggle, uh, and I think privately some DUP officials would concede that. Uh,
1: as, as a professor of politics, as a commentator, as someone who doesn't actually have a vote in Northern Ireland, uh, who, who do you think won last night, or did, did anyone win?
2: I think Colin East would perform very well. He needs to. I mean, he needs to win foil, Um Otherwise, you know, you would have the position, let's say Claire, let's say the SDLP win South Belfast, there would be the irony then that Claire Hanna would be the most important person in the SDLP, not the party leader. It's a little bit like the situation that uh, Nigel Dodds has been in over the last couple of years in respect of, of the DUP. Uh, so he needs to win foil. The bookmakers think he will win foil. Um... I think it's a closer call than what the bookmakers uh, are saying. I, I did think he performed pretty well uh, last night, though, um, and he had to. Obviously, there's always the the, the difficulty with the FTLP having I mean, condemned Sinn Fein for abstentionism for years. Why they've now pulled out in North Belfast to support an abstentionist candidate, and that's always a tricky one. But Colin Eastwood has now got used to that that question um, and, and can deal with it. But it's still uh, it's, it's it's still you know a, a slightly tricky one. Um, I of the other candidates. I think you know you'd expect Naomi Long to perform well. She tends, she does tend to perform well in those environments. Uh, and I, you know, again, I, I thought she did, uh, and she could take the view. Look, when, her, her strongest point was definitely where she said, "Look, you know, it, it's absurd that we're not dealing with the the health issues, the health crisis, over a row over an Irish Language Act. You know, it, it's preposterous that that something like that, whilst not diminishing the importance of it, should prevent." you know, local control amid such a crisis, and, and the passing of the buck to civil servants who are having to, in, having to take what decisions can currently be made, so that was a strong point. Um, and you know, of, of, who else was there, I mean, Steve Aiken. Steve Aiken I mean, yeah. he, he did, yeah, he, he did, I mean, he, he held up the, the side for the, the UUP uh, in, in a lot of ways. He um, was pretty firm in his views, uh, spent a lot of time attacking the DUP. Um, I suppose you know the, the UUP. You can argue, other than Fermanagh and South Tyrone, their biggest chance is, is, is obviously in South Antrim, which is a, a UUP DUP contest. I know Alliance might disagree with that, but it's, I think it's predominantly a UUP DUP contest, uh, and you know, that's that's why he turned his fire, I think, on, on the DUP over their handling of Brexit, over the idea that you know they are supposed to be an influential at Westminster over the last couple of years, and what have they achieved? In Steve Aiken's view, it's a, it's a you know. The Boris Brexit is a disaster for the union. But on, the, on those, you know, the problem with Steve Aitken's line there is yeah, well, the DUP would agree with that. You know, and the blame is being, the DUP simply passed the blame onto Boris Johnson for his betrayal. Um, and whether the DUP will take the electoral punishment is open to question.
1: Yeah, Emma Little accused him of being aggressive.
2: Uh, he was he, he was certainly um, firm, yeah. When, when he he said that, you know, um, don't tell me I'm wrong was a bit, yeah. It, perhaps was, was was a bit abrupt. Um, might not have come across well. But I don't think you know people will think. Well, I'm not going to go vote for the UUP because Steve Aitkin offered one aggressive line to Emma Little Pengelly. I don't think that's the way that people will 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 make their electoral uh, decisions. Simply that you know, people are listening, well, one hopes they're listening to the, the policies that are
1: on offer. Well, one final question to you, John. As it ends, as Mark Mallard is saying goodbye, as the credits are about to roll, you see Michelle O'Neill go to Emma little Penkelly, big hand of friendship, you know, big handshake, game's over, well played, mate, that's, that sort of thing. Is that done for the cameras or is that genuine? I think there was a reasonable amount of warmth between the candidates last night. But I actually think that that will
2: leave the electric gasping, thinking, what have the last few years been about? We've had this hiatus in terms of the assembly now since January 2017. If they're all smiles and handshakes and warmth at the end, why could not they have a good- why couldn't they have got their act together over the last few years? I think that's how the electorate would respond. and I think they would actually, if anything, increase the disillusionment amongst the electorate. Now, I know that, you know, you've got to go beyond the handshakes and the warmth of a TV studio and think, you know, there are serious policy differences here. But if you take out, and I accept it's a big take out, take out an Irish language act. Um, what are the big policy differences now? There's not even a big policy difference... Between these candidates on Brexit, because they're all opposed to Boris Johnson's Brexit, that's for sure. It's true the DUP remains formally a Brexit party, and so I think that there'd be a, the electorate would be entitled to have a sense of exasperation uh, when they see actually these people all get on fine. Basically, uh, there's no personal hostility, no personal animosity at all. I mean, politically, you know, surely there is an onus upon them now to to restore devolution, which successive opinion polls, that I keep saying, show that, you know, majorities, strong majorities, extensive majorities in Northern Ireland still back the restoration of the devolved institutions.
1: Yeah, I think that was put to Michelle O'Neill, however, she did come out with a bit of a list, including legacy. She said it wasn't just about the Irish Language Act. If we go down the legacy route,
2: then there won't be an assembly, because you can't... I mean, look, look let's, be, let's be honest, these politicians can't necessarily agree about the present, so the idea you can agree about the past... Um, I think, is is dangerous. But there was a deal. I mean, it should be said, there was a deal in terms of legacy, uh, the Stormont House Agreement of 2014, which the parties did sign up to. So unless that's going to be unpicked, I mean, at Sinn Féin's conference last month, you know, the... Stormont House Agreement is reiterated as party policy, um, and no other uh, the, the other parties have not said that they're at odds with the Stormont House Agreement in, in in a big way. So again, there ought to be, you know, uh, that ought to be um,
1: workable. Always good to speak to you John It's a busy week no doubt We'll speak plenty to you before, before it's, before it's yeah. over uh, Thank you very much for joining us uh, Professor John Tong Now Amanda Ferguson uh, Patiently waiting at our invitation Good morning Amanda Good morning Frank How did you score the big encounter Last night on UTV
3: well, I was actually at the QFT for the for the film and the live filming earlier in the day, and um, so it was interesting to see the sort of like in between bits when the politicians are are talking to each other. Um, and John is quite right; they can sort of uh, turn it on and off like a tap. You know, they're going at each other, and then it's sort of awkward small talk I- I- in the breaks. But the first question I asked whenever I arrived was, you know, why is Arlene Foster not there, You know, with all the other leaders? Um, and then Emma Little Pingley is representing the DUP, and it was explained to me that the parties were given the option that they could have the leader or have a representative and I imagine because Emma um, Little Pengelly is under so much pressure in South Belfast from Clare Hanna um, that that's why she was put forward and perhaps also because it was filmed on a Sunday, she may have been uh, one of the few reps who would have been willing to, to take on a gig like that on a Sunday as such But whenever you look at the performance of everybody, I thought everybody gave a pretty even performance. I would probably say that Emma little Pengeli probably performed the strongest. Um, She was very consistent in her message. Then I would say sort of Michelle, Emile, Naomi Long and Colin Eastwood were about equal. And if there there was someone who came last, I would say that it was Steve Akin. And I think part of that was whenever he got a bit uh, aggressive uh, with Emma little was whenever she spoke and he snapped at her uh, weight and it just sounded very sharp. Um, And I don't think that that played out well for him. Certainly if you looked at the UTV debate hashtag uh, on social media afterwards, there was a lot of criticism uh, for the way that he spoke to her.
1: But is, is, is that now a trick that can be played against a male who raises his voice, that the female will say, aggression, play the aggression ticket?
3: No, I don't. I don't think so, Frank. Uh, Frank I think that, uh, that we're all um, adults, and everybody's up for robust challenge. But I just think that the it, it was the sharpness of, of of the way that he said it didn't play well. Because as soon as I heard it, I was like, "Ooh, I didn't. That didn't. That's not a good look." Um, so I think maybe he would uh, he could maybe tone that back uh, for the next occasion. I do not think it's a, a matter of playing a card. And I think that um, Emily like Pingley was just right to challenge him um, for being aggressive because it did seem it just seemed sharp
1: because you know I'm just wondering is it, is it a 2019 thing as opposed to a 1979 thing because uh, aggression existed all the time back in the 70s and the 80s but maybe maybe it was because it tended to be then male on male well Frank
3: I was born in 1979, so I can't uh, I can't account for what happened then. But what I think you see happening now is uh, there's a difference in how politics unfolds. There's a difference between the interaction of, of the players, and more women are coming forward. And perhaps um, it's a case that the women are more likely to challenge um, challenge what they feel is, is is something that's too aggressive. You know, um, the the rough and tumble of politics. Nobody gets into it thinking that they're going to get an easy ride. But I just don't think that it was a very good look for him. and uh, the debate, but you know, either way, I don't think it'll 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 cost anybody votes either way. But I think if you if you look at it in the round, I think that um a little Pingley probably performed best out of everybody.
1: The poll, which was out before this uh, debate, uh, sees the SDLP as making progress. The DUP will still have their ten, but they lose one and, g- and gain one. Sinn Fein will lose in in foil going by going by the poll. Polls have often been proven, as a matter of fact, the majority of times they have proven to be inaccurate as opposed to to accurate. Will will last night's debate have influenced people any differently from how they may have been thinking?
3: Perhaps a few of the undecideds may may have been uh, swung in way, but I think that uh, what last night did was just because everybody gave a reasonably good performance, like there was no like absolute hurlers. Um, I think that it's just sort of uh, confirmed, uh, you know, people's positions on who they were going to vote for. And I think at this late stage, people know who they're going to be voting for um, on Thursday. But uh, when it comes to polls, you know, the, it's 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 this difficult time of year where um, you know you're getting a snapshot from a couple of thousand people who are giving their view, and yes, it's interesting. Interested to know what what happened, but the only poll that actually counts is the actual uh, vote day itself. And I think that you know I've had to do some predictions as well, and um, in, in the constituency profiles that I've been doing. And I think that uh, Belfast South will see Claire Hanna being returned as the MP. I think that she um, is the clear leader um, in, in that race. I think four is, is a little um, less obvious. You know, the last time out in 2017, it was only 169 votes that, D- uh, that separated Sinn Féin and the SDLP. It was actually out of the 18 constituencies. It was the only one that I got wrong. Um, I called the seat to, to stay with the SDLP, to stay with Mark Durkin. Um, so Alicia McInyn has, a, has a, a, a battle on her hands with, with Colin Eastwood, and you can see that in you know the, the at home, video uh, material that's been released by Sinn Féin. Uh, the fact that you know the, the the conference and the manifesto launch has all been focused around FOIL because they do realise they're under pressure there. Um, and, and with the N two stands you know, that pro life vote that you know was that is that a Sinn Féin voter or an SDLP voter? You know, who who are those people? Um, and I think another thing that's going to play um, in somewhere like Belfast North is how many of these new voters that are on the register. How many of them are from a unionist background or a nationalist background? so it's um, for me Belfast North is the most interesting contest it's the most high profile one because you're dealing with the, the DUP's deputy leader you know the Westminster leader um, and you're dealing with a high profile candidate in John Finucane so whenever I was uh, you know, asked to, to call Belfast North. I did call it for Sinn Féin um, because I have been speaking on the ground to people who would be traditional CLP and Alliance voters and they told me that that's who they're voting for, which is an interesting um, move in that constituency because in previous years um, perhaps the, the kind of uh, middle class areas of North Belfast who would, who would have more likely have been traditional SDLP voters, they would have found it difficult to vote for someone like Jerry Kelly but someone like John Finnegan in sort of new generation of champagne uh, and I think that they're, they're more likely to, to lend their vote as such to him um, than they would be and also a big element will be is it actually really a vote for John Finnegan or is it a vote against Nigel Dodds so um, come come results night that will be definitely a, a, an interesting one to watch out for. No,
1: Hol would have much of an argument when he says he would rather see John Finucane sitting in his own house than Nigel Dodd sitting in the House of Commons
3: yeah, I think that that line has played out uh, well for him where he said, you know I'd rather I'd rather have John at home than, than Nigel you know uh, creating a, a bad brexit. I think that the, the public understands that this is a unique election, obviously we don't know what motivates people to vote in this election yet. For some people, it'll be Brexit. For some people, it'll be the constitutional position because this is Northern Ireland, and of course, that's, that's the way. And then for other people, they'll be looking at all the little uh, tactical sort of pacts, non-pacts, um, you know, unilateral decisions, you know, whatever the parties are, are trying to frame it. They'll be looking at all those and thinking of of, of where their vote, um, you know, c- can, can be best used. So that's what makes it um, interesting this occasion um, and quite tough tough to call for some of the constituencies.
1: Okay, Amanda, thank you very much indeed. Amanda Ferguson. Uh, Bill, Bill White is the man from uh, Lucid Talk. I'm going to have a, a word with Bill very, very shortly.
4: Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy. Always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. DLM's Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.
1: Good morning. We've been talking quite a bit about three constituencies this morning. Um, North Belfast and standing in that constituency Nigel Dodds of the DUP, John Finucan of Sinn Féin and Nuala McAllister of the Alliance Party. We've also been speaking about the constituency that is South Belfast. Standing there, Paula Bradshaw of the Alliance Party, Claire Hanna of the SDLP, Michael Henderson of the UUP, Chris McHugh of Antu and Emma Little Pengelly of the DUP. And Foyle standing there, uh, Colm Eastwood of the SDLP, Rachel Ferguson of the Lions Party, Darren Guy, the UUP, Sean Harkin, People Before Profit, Elisha McCallion of Sinn Féin, Anne McCloskey, Andrew, and Gary Middleton of the DUP. Uh, let me speak to Bill White of Lucid Talk. Bill, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Uh, Bill, it's interesting, the latest survey that you've done, the latest uh, poll. Do you get a sense that it's been Pipped now by the debate last night, or will people still be thinking along the lines of the SDLP winning two seats, the DUP still having ten seats, but one will be lost and another one will be gained, Sinn Féin losing one seat, which obviously would be the the, the foil uh, one. Um, Do do, do you reckon that that would still be what people would be thinking this morning as opposed to yesterday morning?
5: Uh, Well, again, that's a matter of opinion, Frank. I mean, the poll, our most recent poll, was taken before last night's programme, of course, because there's always a delay in terms of getting the data together and analysing it and all the rest of it. But you have summed up what... What we did with the poll then is feed it into our seat predictor model, which we used at the last election, uh, which takes into account of things incumbency, previous records, past five election performance by each of the, each of the parties, um, our, recent, our three most recent opinion polls, et cetera, and it, it matches all the figures together and comes up with various probabilities in terms of who's going to win the seat. And you've summed it up very well. I mean, North Belfast is right on a knife edge. I think your previous commentator said that. We have it. Uh, the model has it, I should say, as a slight favourite uh, in terms of Nigel Dodds, the incumbent uh, member of parliament there, then Nigel Dodds for the DUP. Foyle again, is very narrow. Again, we have a the slight edge for Colum mm-hmm. Eastwood because we've picked up in our polling that there may be some tactical voting by unionists, not all unionists, but certain unionists, if you like, are... Are going to you know see the best chance who's going to win this seat and they're opting out not to vote for the unionist candidate at the moment at the moment they say they're going to vote for Colin Meastwood of the SDLP so those are the two major marginal seats. And then the one following that, um, interestingly enough, which we find a little bit of a surprise, uh, was North Down. North Down is a little bit more closer than we think, or sorry, that some maybe some people think. And the model is showing it it's quite a tight fight between the DUP and the Alliance Party. So again, though, the model does show that the DUP does have the edge there in terms of the probability of winning the seat. So as you say, you've summed it up, the DUP uh, lose South Belfast. Yes, sorry, I should have said South fast, to be fair, the model is quite strong and that Claire Hanna should win that seat um, for the SDLP and therefore the DUP lose a seat there, the gain a seat in Down, as you say, Sinn Féin lose a seat in foil and the SDLP gain a seat there so the model is showing 10 DUP 6 Sinn Féin and 2 uh, SDLP but of course, as as your commentator also said, we'll, we'll know what the real result is <laughs> early on Friday morning
1: How much of a possibility is there of people changing their mind between now and thursday
5: yeah there is that uh, i will admit that a couple of your previous commentators said about people have made up their mind now our our poll has picked up a higher level than normal of people who say they haven't made up their mind they're definitely going to vote but they haven't made up their mind finally yet there's a higher proportion of those in key seats so that could be a factor, Frank. So, yes, I think there's still, to a certain extent, I think 90% of the battle done, of course, but it's not 99% of the battle. There's still a number of people out there in key seats who are are moving around, maybe thinking this and then maybe changing their mind a little bit. So it's uh, it's still all to play for in that sense. There is a higher proportion of don't knows, not sure's, but I'm definitely going to go out to vote. And actually, this applies The polling in the UK showing this as well. That it's usual in elections, you do get people who ninety nine percent of people have made up their mind. But now, there's that is lower than usual, and there's a higher proportion. Still a minority, of course, but there's a higher proportion of people who haven't made up their minds, but they say they're definitely still going to go out to vote. They're going to wait till Tuesday, Wednesday before making their final decision.
1: Do you do any sort of exit poll on on the day?
5: Yes, we are. We're planning to do one uh, as well to give a rough idea of what, uh, in key seats, Frank, we're not doing a Northern, we don't have the resources to do a Northern Ireland-wide one, but we're doing uh, an exit poll in key seats. So, uh, obviously the ones we've just discussed and uh, the results of that will be out fairly early on uh, on uh, friday uh, friday morning just before the real results come out we'll also be at the counts as well we do a tally operation on key seats as well looking at the patterns of votes across each of the constituencies, seeing which is very useful for the political parties in terms of future planning because they can see where the votes are coming from within the specific small areas within each constituency you know what's up what's down what area is up and what streets down that type of thing so we'll be doing that as well so uh, you know it should be a it should be an interesting night
1: Okay, we'll find whether you are accurate or inaccurate. The pollsters always leave themselves open to criticism, but it's interesting. The, I suppose the progress that you've made so far. Well, it's
5: so always far. an error, Frank. Of course, you know. Yes, <laughs> of course. Of, of course,
1: we can't expect it's not scientific. It's not scientific to be flawless, but it's it's scientifically yeah. conducted to be as accurate as it yes, possibly, exactly, possibly can. Yes, yes, exactly. Bill, exactly. thank you, but we will still give we'll still give you stick if you get it all wrong.
5: Absolutely, that's what
1: we're here for, Frank. No problem. <laughs> uh, Bill White from Lucid Talk. He did make reference to the North Down constituency and the battle there. Uh, Alan Chambers of the UUP, Alex Easton of the DUP, Stephen Farry of the Alliance Party, and Matthew Robinson of the Northern Ireland Conservatives are all standing.
4: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?